0: still out but i'm thrilled to have some of you back and again glad safe i uh, uh want to uh today uh, you know we've been doing the commands of christ we got it up there and i'm glad you do because that's you know where we're where direction we're going but as i warned you through through this uh if ever the lord kind of redirects me from one of those commands i've been working pretty much uh, most of the week on one of the commands of christ the next one and then, uh, but at, when I was walking and praying, I just had a, a thought, a verse, a part of a verse that just it was on my mind. I couldn't get it off my mind. And so I felt like, uh, for some reason, it's what we need for today. And so uh, I shifted gears a little bit. I want you to go to Second Timothy chapter 1. You know, when when I do this, you know, I, I always kind of struggle and say, Lord, you know, is this really uh, what you're wanting me to do to change directions here? Uh, And then they got up, and the songs, every song, uh, would fit right with the direction that we're going. Heaven came down, and oh, happy day, grace greater than our sin. So uh, immediately, with the first song, I thought, okay, this is it, Lord. This is where we want to head. I don't know how good of a message it will be, but it's what the Lord wants us to do, I believe. And so... Uh, We're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 7. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing... I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice and I am persuaded that is in that in thee also wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou' stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. in this passage we there was one word that was used three times or a form of the word, and that was remembrance remember and uh, and that 's really going to be the direction that, that we 're going right now and uh, this morning, but I'll have a word of prayer we 'll get started. Father, I pray that you bless this morning, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your love, your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your patience with us. Father, you're such a wonderful God, so kind, so loving, so good. And Lord, I I ask you right now that you'd please look down upon a a weak vessel. And Lord, that you would fill me with your spirit. And Lord, that your spirit would move through this place. And ears would be opened. And hearts would be warm. And minds would be receptive to the truth. And Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus to bind the evil one. And to keep him from this place and turn back the evil. Lord, just put up a mighty hedge of protection around us. Lord, we need you. Father, we need you this morning in the service. But we need you as we exit today too. And Lord, I just... Will yield myself to thee and ask you to guide my mind and my heart today, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. As I as I walked and I prayed the other night, this this passage kept coming into my mind. And I and I'll be honest with you, the way that it happens is a word or two or phrase sometimes sometimes it's a whole verse but usually it's a word or two or a phrase and i'll have to go back to the passage and i'll have to say lord now you brought it to my mind you told me to come here now what's here what is it that you're wanting me to do and so uh i did that and went to this passage and twice in second peter peter mentions stirring up christians uh he, he says here in this passage uh about talks about stirring up and then you know he he twice in second Peter he's going to talk about it again and stir means to wake fully or arouse he he said you know he said there's a point in time where honestly uh Paul Paul knew uh, Peter knew that that you have to come Paul knew it also but but you have to come to to the us as Christians and and stir up the Christians. He said, uh, I've got to get you alive and awake again. Uh, you know, he must have been preaching in a service on Sunday morning, but the, uh, but he said, I, you know, he said, uh, I've got to stir you up. He said, uh, to, to make you understand something and, and to get you back to where you used to be. And so clearly at times there's a need, there is a need to stir up somebody else and because uh, okay, second peter chapter 1 verse 13 says "Yea, i think it meet as long as i am in this tabernacle as long as i'm in this body to stir you up by putting you in remembrance he said you know uh, he said i think it's necessary that that i stir you up by making you remember and then 2 Peter 3, uh, verses 1 and 2 says, This second epistle, uh, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the, Lord, uh, of the Lord and Savior. You know, the truth is, if we'll admit it, it's so easy to become complacent. It's so easy to just kind of become uh, doled down, so to speak, in our, in our spiritual senses. Anything that, watch this, folks, anything that you do for the first time, uh, that object may excite you if it's, if it's something incredible. Uh, anybody remember when you first drove, or if you've ever seen it, anybody ever seen the Rocky Mountains? You see in the Rocky Mountains. Did did you drive toward them and the first time that you maybe came around some big curve, that's the way it happened for me, we were on a Greyhound bus going snow skiing. John I remember going snow skiing and and I'd never been to the Rockies and and we came around a curve all of a sudden and and, and there they were, snow capped mountains. Everybody was in their seat. I'm up here by the driver in the window. I'm looking and I just I like this is incredible. And and I stood there the I don't know why he didn't tell me to go sit down, but I just stood there the whole time we're climbing these mountains because the the rivers and the and the snow and and every it was it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. Now that was the first time I ever saw it. Now the object is what inspires you the first time. Can I tell you what inspires you after that? You you got to decide, and, I, and look, I, I still feel this way. If I get back to the Rockies, if I get back to those snow-capped mountains, I stop and just, I want to one more time. I don't want to just see them. I want to go back and feel what I felt when I went there that first time. I go back in my mind, and I remember standing in the window of that bus. I remember looking at that for the first time, and I was so amazed, and and just, it was so exciting. When you get excited or stay excited, it's because of you. Folks, if you're excited about your Christian life, it's because of you right now. Now, if you get saved today, there's going to be some excitement. If you're not saved, you get saved today. There's going to be some excitement. There's going to be a thrill inside of your your soul. But listen, it doesn't need to get. It doesn't need to vanish away. Those also. Uh, not only does the scripture say that Peter stirred them up, but it says how. And we just we mentioned it. He says, "I'm gonna stir you up by remembrance." Now, there's. There's really two things here that he says I'm going to cause you to remember. I'm going to try to get you to remember. He said, first of all, remember your salvation. Come on, y'all. Somebody smile for me every once in a while. Look, remember. Let me say it again. Remember your salvation. Anybody remember getting saved? Brother Felton, can you remember back that far? Okay, can you... Can you remember when you got saved? Listen, it, it, I don't know about you, but, but my mind goes back to that dorm room all alone on my knees. And, and listen, I didn't have anybody there. And I don't even know how I can remember it so vividly. But something happened that night. Now look... you. We've got to remember in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, it says, Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to making your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly in the, in, in the, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God saying, you know what? Uh, if you're sure about your salvation, you ought to get excited about it. If you really know you're going to heaven, that ought to be something to smile about, even on a Sunday morning. It ought to be something to be happy about. Now I know why God told me to preach this. Number two, by remembrance of the truths and principles and promises of the Word of God. These are the two things when you, when you read those two scriptures I did in 2 Peter. What it, we talks about, the first one he says, remember your salvation. The second one he says, I want, you to, I want to put you in remembrance of the Word of God. And now look, uh, we are in the, the middle of summer. We, we have just come through a holiday. And many... Have been vacationing. Now, do you understand that that combination just makes you totally ungodly? (laughs) Okay, do you understand that that's a rough combination? When you come to summertime, which means your brain is kind of in shutdown mode already, then you come to vacation time, which means you're in double shutdown mode, and then you throw in a holiday in the middle of all of that. Uh, Listen, that's a time where we have to be real careful. Actually, that's a dangerous time. That's right. It's a really dangerous time. Now, all these are wonderful, you know, holidays and summer and vacation, but this is a very dangerous time spiritually. Summertime is often a relaxed time, and it's, it, and it's great to relax some. It really is. I mean, I enjoy it. Some of you are doing it now, but the, uh, I enjoy it. But that relaxing should not include relaxing our beliefs. You know, when I give my uh, seven secrets to a solid family, one of those, one of those secrets is that, that we look for every way we could uh, rightfully enjoy our family. That, that means, you know, we don't just say, no, we can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. You know, the truth is there's a lot of things that you can do if, you just, if you're willing to, to do what it needs to be done to do it rightly. And so uh, there's very few things we really didn't do. We took the girls' snow skin, and, and we've done a lot of different things. Now, we, we, you have to learn how to do it right lane. But watch this. It's not a time to just say, well, we're on vacation, and we want to be able to do something, and it doesn't matter how I do it. You say, why is that so important? Because it's going to hurt your heart. It's going to drain your spirit. You may enjoy the moment, but as a Christian with the Spirit of God inside of you, there's going to be some feelings come later. Summertime is often a relaxed time, as I said. Summertime is often a time of disruption of schedule. Anybody know that? A disruption of schedule. Summertime can be a time of temptation. Summertime can be a time of justification. Okay? It's amazing how many times we justify, forgive me, but we've justified not being in church. He said, oh, you know, you're one of those, we got to be in church every time the doors open. I didn't die for the church, Jesus did. I didn't shed my blood for the church, Jesus did. I didn't say that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, God did. You know, so... Listen, you know, we're, we're in, a, in a society where we don't want to say these kind of things, but the simple truth is God said, I created this, I died for it, I have it, and I've told you to go. Hey. Everybody happy? Come on. It's a time of justification. Summertime can be depressing dog days. How, anybody enjoyed the humidity lately? I went out to Weedy down in this, this property, and uh, I just want to let you know, we're selling nine of the ten acres <laughs> as quickly as possible. I went out to Weedy this thing, and I was out there, I don't know, it must have been an hour and a half, two hours or something, but I came back in. I had brought my clothes to change into so I could go back to work. I walked out, and I had all of my good clothes in my hand, and I looked at Amy and said, I'm going home. Because I, there's no way I'm putting that stuff on. I was soaked through, just soaked through. Now, these dog days of summer, you know, you don't, you don't even really want to go outside. You know, I take my walk and walk and pray. And last night was kind of nice. But sometimes in these days, you walk back, you, you go outside, you know, just showered and got cleaned up. Now I want to go take my walk. Well, about five minutes later, I got to go back in and shower and clean up again. And it's just miserable. And so, and understand, there's things that that need to be done that go undone. But you couple any of these, you know, you couple the holidays and vacation and suddenly uh, what you find yourself, which you may, and I'm not saying this always happens, but sometimes if we're not careful, we come to the end of vacations, holidays, and we look in the mirror and we've got sunken sad eyes. And really, they come from frustrating failures. We were hoping and planning for rejuvenation, and we come away feeling discouraged because we ended up doing things that we really didn't want to do. Now, physically, you may have rested, but spiritually, you may feel the burden of guilt and failure. Now, you know, as I was going through this and as I was thinking about this, I kept thinking about Christmas Uh, you know, so many years up there with college students. And I would warn them, every year they allowed me, and I don't know why, but I mean for like 20-something years, I, I got to preach the week before the kids went home uh, for break. And every year I would try to explain to them why it was so important that they try their dead level best to remain on schedule any kind of schedule to walk with God to talk to the Lord to read their Bible now what happens is you know and I knew them uh, because I once was one so what happens is they will load into their car all their books that they're going to study over that two-week break They'll load up their car and all the papers they're going to write and all the books that they've got to finish reading. Everything's in that trunk. In there is also their Bible. Now, they have all these plans. they got two whole weeks to get everything done. You know the next time those things are touched? When they drive back in after two weeks to unload and go back into the dorm. They've never picked up any of them. And it's the way it, it was over and over again. And, and sadly, they came back in so dead, glassy-eyed. Of course, that was just from the sugar. But, <laughs> but they were just discouraged. Truthfully, some of them never came back. They slept in, they didn't study, they did not read their Bible, they didn't witness anyone, they didn't pray. They returned physically heavier from the Christmas goodies, but spiritually anemic. Now every year, preachers would have to try to stir them up again, like the scripture's talking about here, stir them up. Stir them up again about their salvation. Stir them up about the good word of God. Stir them up about the promise of forgiveness and restoration. And you'd have to let them know one more time. Listen, you ought to be excited that, that Jesus didn't just throw you away right now. Whatever you, has happened over these last two weeks, no matter how far you've fell, no matter what happened, you know, there's a God that will forgive you. Amen? And we ought to be happy about that. We ought to be thrilled that there's a God that will forgive us. Now, what I'm going to attempt to do today and what uh, I've already started trying to do, and obviously it's not working, but the, the, um, I want to attempt today to try to give you a little bit of a locker room halftime talk, okay? Anybody ever played ball and you've been in the locker room at halftime? Well, this is not exactly like one of those because we're not going to use all the same words they use, but, but uh, you know, look, here's, here's what I want to give you. We can't go back and play the first half over. Okay, so that, that first half's already done. You know what we got to do? Well, we got to come out second half fighting. And, and, the, and, and our summer's about half over, and it's about time we just decided, look, I can't do anything about what's happened up to now, but I can sure do something about what's happened from here on. And I can make a difference. Amen? You can, something. Look, there's a God that wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. No matter how you feel spiritually right now, remember Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12 says that we should be the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after that you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that you believed and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You know, that ought to make you happy. It ought to make us all happy that God says you're saved and you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. That is exciting. That means that no matter how much you blow it, you can't lose it. Now, people don't like to say that because that gives us opportunity to go blow it. But listen, that's not God's plan. That's not what he wants. But the truth is, he says, I know you're human, and I want you to understand you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Remember that Jesus is your Savior. Second Timothy two eight says, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Jesus saved me. Anybody remember that day? Anybody remember that night? Man, I get so excited. I think about that, that dorm room. I think about kneeling beside that bed. I think about uh, taking that little Gideon's Bible and going through those verses that I've never seen before. I, I got Listen, I, it's exciting to go back and think about that and know that that's where God started me on a road of change in my life. I'd be dead or in jail now if I'd lived. Listen, uh, in the life that I was in, God did something in my life that night. Remember that you're sealed by the Spirit of God and no man can pluck you out of the Father's hand. Remember that Jesus chooses not to remember. Hey, watch this now. Remember that Jesus chooses not to remember. That's a mighty good one. Uh, he said, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities while we remember no more. Remember that God forgives and cleanses our sin. Remember that. Remember that God cannot lie and has promised us eternal life. Did you know that? God can't lie and he's promised us eternal life. The whole world will lie to you, but God who cannot lie has promised us eternal life. Remember that Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Remember that. All power is with us all way. And, uh, brother, uh, other, other night, uh, brother Phipps kind of motivated me to study on this word all way because, uh, you know, there's the word always and there's the word all way. And as I it, immediately, as I, as I just looked it up, didn't have to take a lot of a study on it, uh, what, I, what I found out was that all, uh, all way is uh, is any and every and every moment and, and thoroughly and whatsoever and whole and whosoever Simply, Jesus is with us, each of us, all of us, every moment, every hour, every day, in every way, thoroughly, totally, and completely. That's what always means. You know what always means? Always means every time. Always means in every way, every moment, everybody, he's with us. That's incredible. Following this example of Peter as a leader I just felt like I need to stir you up to remember. And I hope he had better success than I do. But, (laughs) come on, somebody. I just need somebody to jump up and say, praise God. (laughs) That was great. All right, now, 148 times in the scripture, man is told to remember. 148 times. So, do you remember your salvation? Do you? Okay, listen. Let's go back now. You were lost. You were on your way to hell. You were miserable. Or maybe you weren't. <laughs> I was miserable. That's why I, didn't, I wasn't already out the door that night at 10, 1030. I had already gone to the door and just gave up. I was going out to party one more night, and I, I just went back and sat on my bed and said, what for? Nobody out there cares about me, and I'm not sure I care about them. All I know is that I'm going to die, and I can't stop it. That, that just tore me up. Did Every breath I take, I'm a breath closer to death. I can't stop it. And I couldn't sleep at night. And so I would stay out to 2 and 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning and show back up so that I was so out of it I just would just plop down and go to sleep because I couldn't just lay down and go to sleep because it just haunted me in my mind. And that night through... The Romans Road through the scripture in that Gideon's Bible, I knelt down and said, Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I know I'm on my way to hell, and I don't want to go to hell, and I trust you as my Savior. I ask you to save me and take me to heaven when I die. I, I, I receive you as my Savior. Listen to me. I can't tell you that I jumped up and everything changed, but I can tell you this. For the first time in a long, long time, I laid my head on my pillow, and I didn't even comprehend it all, but I went to sleep. And can I tell you, since that day, God has just continued to bless and give me excitement about the Every time I go witness to people, I tell them about November the 8th, 1975. And you know what I'm doing? I'm remembering. You ought to tell somebody about your salvation. You ought to go and tell somebody about when it happened. You ought to go and tell somebody about when you got that peace in your heart. Do you remember the moment you trusted Christ? Do you remember when you sold out to God? Can I tell you, that, that, that's a the difference. There's one, you know, there's getting saved, and then there's, a, there's another time where you say, God, you got me. I don't know what you'd want to do with me. I don't know what you're going to do with me, but you got me. Yes. Do you remember how blessed and free and refreshed you were when you found that assurance you know there's some that that struggle with assurance. I struggled with assurance for several years because I had nobody to teach me nobody to tell me i, I nobody to tell me about baptism, nobody to tell me about assurance so I struggled with it. Can I tell you when I sat in the office is soon probably three or four weeks after I moved to to, to Indiana and it been it had been seven years now since i since I got saved for six and a half years and and, and I would I, I knew I was saved, but I would always struggle with that continual assurance assurance of it and i walked in the office of dr jack house and i sat down and, and he said he said what makes you think you ever were saved and immediately i started telling him about that night in my dorm room listen he showed me titus 1 2 and god who cannot lie has promised you eternal life something happened that night i got excited and i don't i have never forgotten that night either Do you remember how it felt to have peace and purpose in your life? You understand? Do you understand? When you're saved and, and you are uh, saying, Lord, I, I'm not, I don't know how to do everything, and I'm not saying I, I'm, uh, I can't do anything, but Lord, I know you want me, and I want, know you want to use me. I know you saved me, and I know you're going to do something with my life. That gives you a whole lot of peace and purpose. Do you remember how happy you were when you followed the Lord in baptism? Do you remember that? When you finally just said, i got to get this done. And it's not helping me go to heaven, but it's about time I put on God's ring. Do you remember when you surrendered your life to serve him, if you have? And do you remember when you gave the gospel for the first time to someone and they received it? Anybody remember the first person you won to the Lord? Anybody remember? Listen, that ought to be exciting to you. It, it will it be, listen, I, and that's why I, I challenge you, even if you don't know how to tell somebody, you ought to come and go with somebody and just to sit and listen to somebody else pray and accept Christ and see a tear in their eyes, see the smile on their face, see the peace come across their countenance, it, it'll change your life. And I remember the first one because it was my mama. Do you remember when you gave the gospel for the first time someone received? Do you remember the thrill of hearing another pray and accept Christ? Do you remember when you started to get things from the Word of God? Do you remember that? You know, for so long, I opened this, and it, 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 was, it might as well have just been a blur of words because it just didn't make sense. And the first time that I opened it up and God said, Here's what I've been trying to tell you, son. That's exciting. Are you okay? When the Bible started to open up to you and you began to understand it, do you remember feeling loved by God? You know, it's. I believe, according to what I read this week, I believe it's my obligation to try to stir you up, to simply get you to remember. Right now, just take a moment. Will you remember your salvation? Do you remember getting saved? Was that exciting to anybody? To know that you're on your way to heaven? And I understand some of you kids who are second, third generation, you you got saved at four. You're trying to think, yes, I got saved from a very wicked life. (laughs) And you don't remember. Listen, I'm just telling you, that's the exciting thing to get it done and know that it's all settled. You know, I I think it's not only my obligation, I think it's my joy to stir you up. And I'll be honest with you; it stirs me up to stir you up, because while I'm trying to stir you up, I'm remembering myself. It's, it's exciting when I see somebody with a light in their eyes. So I'm still waiting to get excited this morning, but it's exciting when I see somebody with that light come on. You know, I, I've talked to people where I just said their eyes are you know they're gone, it's cloud back there. But when the brightness comes back again. That's exciting. Can I tell you, I, I, I mentioned him last week, but I got to mention it again. Uh, Brother Marcus, it's exciting to see you show up this morning and drive a bus. Now, it's exciting because I didn't have anybody else to do it if you didn't. <laughs> but it's exciting because you did. When he drove up, and I looked at I thought, you know, I forgot to call Marcus. And he drove up, and I said, Praise God, Marcus, you're here. He said, You told me last week you needed me. Okay, I need that kind of man, praise the Lord. But it's exciting to see that. It's exciting to see him drive up with kids on the bus. It's exciting to see him just, he he said, I want to get involved in my church. I love my church. That's exciting to see that happen in somebody's life. like to see, it's exciting to see the glow and peace in the countenance when you have that assurance and you're not perfect, but you know you're right with God. That's, a, that's, that's pretty special. Paul said to Timothy, stir up yourself. You see, those first two verses... Peter said, I'm going to stir you up. And some, some, in the way he did it, he said, I'm going to stir you up because I'm going to do my best to get you to remember. And I don't know if he sat down with them, those people and started saying, hey, remember your salvation. Remember that the word of God is true. Remember that God has never failed a promise. Remember the goodness of God. Remember, hey, has God ever provided for you? Has God ever supplied for you? Has God ever met a need for you? Has God ever healed you or raised up some loved one? Hey, he said, listen, think about it in And and God said, remember that, and it'll stir you up. And then then Paul said to Timothy, though, uh, look at verse, uh, well, you don't have to look at verse 5. It says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. He said, I know it's in thee. He said, I know your, your, your faith is real. I know it's in you. And he says, the same faith that your grandmother Lois had and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. Watch this now. He said, I'm going to put thee in remembrance. But watch. He said, that thou stir up the gift. He said, you don't know, listen. He said there's some times when you gotta understand that I can't be there to stir you up. You're gonna to have to intentionally decide to stir yourself up. Timothy, stir up the gift. I believe this is twofold. Peter's command was twofold. He says, stir up the gift of salvation, stir up the gift of service. He said, you know, he said Timothy, uh, he, the way he describes this, the way he teaches this, he's saying, Timothy, remember your salvation. And he said, Timothy, watch this now. You've gotten caught up in fear of people and, and, and fear of attacks. He said, and you're not doing what you used to do for me either. He said, you were going to serve me and you're not serving me like you did. He says, so stir up your service also. You know, it's, it's so sad, folks, when when you see, it's so exciting to see people get involved. It's so, it's so sad when you see them where their, their excitement starts to wane. And then they instead of sitting in the front and saying amen, instead of smiling and saying, man, I literally like that preacher, (laughs) it's been two and a half years later, and you say, is he done yet? Now, I know I'm not talking about me because y'all would never get to that place with me. But you know it's it's sad when you see somebody that's involved and working and visiting and teaching and then they go from that amen to not too much smiling to moving back and back get getting way back. <laughs> Guess we're going to have to put a seat on the wall. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just, he said, I can't be there all the time. You know, folks, when you're going through your everyday life and that work world and the chaos, you know what you're going to have to do? He's saying. They put you, and they, they sometimes some of the places you work, they probably torment you. You say, you're going to put yourself in remembrance. You're going to have to make yourself. We can so easily drift from God, and the fire of God can begin to dim in our lives. But God says even the church as a whole can do that. And, and, and it's one of the things that I, I beg God, Lord, please put a hedge of protection around us. Don't let us be that. Somehow we've got to keep the fire burning. We've got to keep this. Revelation 2 verse 4 and 5 says, Nevertheless I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. He said, you once loved, you once were excited about it, you weren't, uh, were were one. You, you were so in love, but remember, therefore, for whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. He, he's looking, he said, you, you just forgot how much you were in love. You forgot how good it was. You know what, this is the same thing, I use this passage all the time in marriage conferences. I think this is what happens in marriage. You got so busy in everything else, you forgot how much you loved each other. You forgot how much you enjoyed being together because you're not together. And this is is so important. God says in the church with God, you forgot how good it was to be with him. You forgot how good it was to walk with him, and to talk with him, and to be with him, and to tell others about him. You just forgot it. You know why you forgot it? Because you didn't intentionally remember. If the thrill of your salvation is not present this morning, I want you to ask yourself why. And I'm going to tell you there's one or two reasons. And it's either because you simply don't know for sure that you're saved. You know, I tell people all the time, it's it's just about as important to get assurance of salvation as it is to get saved as far as your usefulness for God. Now, I know you cannot have assurance and be saved, and so eternally, internally you're in better shape. But you gotta you got to be have assurance of your salvation to really... Be used because otherwise you live in doubt all the time. Doubt and confusion. Now, either it's because you don't know for sure or, listen, or you simply have failed to remember how wonderful it was to get saved. You know, I'd love for everybody in here to tell somebody before you leave. I, I, well, I will give you the opportunity here in just about a minute or two to tell God about it. You know what, it'd be a wonderful thing if this morning we could just fall on our face and say, Lord, right now I'm remember when you saved my soul. I'm going to remember the time, the place, the day, the best I can. I'm going to revisit I'm going to relive it. If I could go back to that spot, I would, but I can't, but I'm going but, but to go back to it in my mind. Now, if the fire of excitement about the truths of the Word of God is not there, then you've got to ask yourself why. Does the Word of God do something to you when you see a truth? Do you get excited when you see something that... Look, folks, it's not just information that you just kind of let come through your head. It's not just information that I'm trying to throw out here and say, okay, let's get more intellectual about the Word of God. The Word of God is what changes our lives, what makes us, what gives us hope, which tells us to remember. Now, either it's because you do not know for sure or you failed to remember how wonderful it was to be saved or if you don't have that excitement about the Word of God, and this is going to be real direct, but if you don't have that excitement about the truth of the Word of God, it may be because of sin in your life. Or it may be because you've forgotten how much of a difference it makes in your life. I tell people all the time, salvation didn't give me the family and the marriage that I have. It gave me the opportunity for it. It was the truths of the word of God that made it happen. And not the fact that they're there, but the fact that I believe them. And to the best of our ability, we receive them and we apply them. How do I stir myself up? remember retell your salvation tell it to God tell it to others thank God for his goodness that he's got you here and he's kept you here Amen. confess known sin that'll bring excitement back into your heart being clean listen Again, I go out here, and I was working in weed eating, so that means I've got grass, and I got, you know, I don't know it, but, I, you know, I got grass stuck to my face. I got grass stuck to my head. I, I, you know, I, it's all over me. I'm filthy. I'm one of those that, that I have to wash my hands. Every time they get dirty, I got to wash them, and then, then I stick my hands in whatever made them dirty, and then I got to wash them again because I hate that dry and dirty feeling on my hands. I'm soaked to the bone. I'm filthy. It is something mighty good to feel clean. And I get home and immediately all that stuff gets thrown in in the hamper and and I climb in that shower and shower off and walk out with clean clothes and walk out with, man, that feels good. And that's what will happen. It feels mighty good when we just realize, you know what, the reason I feel the way I do? Sin. But remember... one of the things we're supposed to remember is that he forgives and forgets. And can I tell you something else that that will create in you? You retell your salvation, you thank God for his goodness, you confess known sin, and then you get up and do something for somebody else for God. Care about somebody else. That's a blessing. That does something for your heart does something for your soul so i'm not sure why god told me to do this but i believe that's what he wants right now he wants us to realize we're in the middle of this thing and we got a ways to go in the summertime and vacations and everything listen joe beth and i are going on our vacation now one or two things are going to happen while we're gone either this place is going to pack because we're gone Oh, we're going to come back, and it's going to be uh, a ghost town because we've been gone for two Sundays, and, and that's kind of tough, and I really never expected to do it until somebody else paid for it. And so, but the fact is, is that one of the things that we've got to decide to do on that trip, time is going to be changed, everything's going to be changed, but folks, I still got to take my walk with God. We still got to read our Bible we still got to pray. Still got to. Or that's going to turn out to be a mighty, miserable trip. Father, I pray that you bless us more. Lord, thank you for the people. Thank you.